Hello, this is Ever Wonder from the California Science Center. I'm Perry Roth Johnson. For the first few episodes of this podcast, I've been taking you behind the scenes at the California Science Center to meet some of the people who design and develop exhibits. In the last episode, we talked with Jennifer Lawrence, who writes the exhibit labels that appear all over the Science Center. These labels help you, as a guest, interpret what the heck is going on. If you haven't already heard that episode, I encourage you to head back and listen to it first. But now, our exhibit labels aren't just blocks of text. They appear on graphic panels that use colors, fonts, photos, and illustrations to tell a visual story. For example, you may have noticed that the graphic panels in the ecosystems galleries look different than the panels you see underneath Space Shuttle Endeavor. Do you ever wonder why exhibit graphics look the way they do? Well, today I'm going to introduce you to Jeremy Stoller, the graphic and digital media manager at the California Science Center. As a designer, Jeremy crafts many of the things you might see and use when you visit us, from the time you log onto our website, all the way to when you're standing in front of our exhibits and looking at one of these graphics. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me. Now, you said your title is Graphic and Digital Media Manager, and I know you wear a lot of hats at the Science Center. You design graphics for exhibits and signs and more, but you also write code and develop our website, among other things. And when we were talking earlier the other day, I think you said you view yourself as an experienced designer. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you mean by that? My primary concern, whether I'm doing graphics or web or, or exhibit design, anything I do is is comes down to thinking of the user and what is their experience and am I meeting their needs and, and uh, guiding them along the way. Um, and I'm, I'm in a position where I am now where I uh, sort of help craft what that experience is from the time that they first log on to our website to figure out who we are and when we're open um, and help them get to the Science Center and then wayfinding to help them get from the parking lot into the building and, and find their way around and then uh, their experience with the exhibits themselves. So it's a full sort of user journey um, with the Science Center. Okay, so it's not just looking at each place where a guest might be having an experience, either in front of exhibit or in front of their phone or computer when they're on the website, but like the whole journey of different experiences mm-hmm. kind of linked together on your entire yeah. visit. Yeah, and I mean, we can we can design a great exhibit, right. and if nobody knows where it is and can't get to it, then that's not going to help them very much, right? Yeah, you know, um, and realistically, just the way that people's brains work, you know, even if they have a great time at some of our exhibits, but if they can't find their way back to their car, say, at the end of the day, or if that's a bad experience, then that that leaves them wanting more, so... Talk to me a little bit about what makes a good exhibit in general and then hone in a little bit more on your area, which is what makes a good exhibit graphic. But just generally, like, like what makes a good exhibit? Is it just something that, you know, is really pretty and attractive or, or is there something deeper there? I think what makes an exhibit good depends on what your expectations are for the exhibit. So, I mean, ultimately, every exhibit we put on the floor has some sort of goal, some something we want people to get out of it. Um, and it may be a simple concept, it may be a uh, more advanced concept, and really whether it's good or not depend- is determined by does it 
Does it do that? Does it meet that goal? Are people getting out of it what we want? I can say as a general rule, the way I think about exhibits as a whole in, in our institution, you know, our mission is to stimulate curiosity and inspire science learning. Again, coming back to the experience, it's about giving them an experience that will stimulate their curiosity in, in science in general and inspire them to be interested in science and engineering in other parts of their life. So we're not, we're not a classroom where we, we sit kids down and we teach them. We're not a book that you read. You know, we're trying to give you a memorable experience, a fun, memorable experience. So you will associate, you know, fun with science and you'll be more open to things that you find out later and we'll expose you to some concepts and you may or may not get those concepts, you know, really when you're in our exhibit, but that'll sort of help enforce uh, information you're getting elsewhere. So when you are in a classroom or you are reading a book and you come across it, you'll be like, oh yeah, it's like that thing I saw at the Science Center. Let's talk about, uh, we've, we've talked about exhibits generally, but when you're at a specific exhibit uh, and probably have questions about like what am I looking at what is going on here if there's some freaky science thing happening uh and usually there's a label next to it a, a graphic and and you you help make yes. those graphics right uh so like what makes a good exhibit graphic it's a during the development of these things it's a negotiation between the graphic designer and the content developer and curators and stuff as well to to find the balance of what, it, how much information can we put into this thing, um, and in the the fewest words we can, so we're not overwhelming people, but still getting the point across. And it from a from a graphics perspective, um, I'm concerned with what we call the visual hierarchy. So as we're laying things out within the exhibit, I want to make sure that I can. I can control where the person is looking. So this is the piece up here that's going to grab you first um, and that's going to get your attention and hopefully pull you in so you'll look at some more. And then your eyes are going to move down to this text over here or this image over there, right? And I can move your eyes um, uh, around the, the graphic panel as you, you stand there and interact with this exhibit um, in order to, to get you the right information at the right time as best I can. And then when it comes to the, to the design itself, um, we want it to be something that uh, makes sense within the context of, of the exhibit and the gallery. You know, we, when, when you get into to that level where we're talking about fonts and colors and that sort of thing, then it, it goes beyond just this one exhibit generally because we have a gallery of exhibits. And, and I want to make sure that when you are at this exhibit, you understand uh, that it connects to these other things around you. That way, as you go from exhibit to exhibit, uh, you can sort of build from one to the other. You can you understand they're they're connected, and each one will uh, help you get a little bit more uh, in depth about, on the the topic of the whole gallery. So, like within each gallery, like you want to use the same fonts across the gallery, so that it all kind of feels cohesive. It, it holds together, even if you aren't a person that is trying to pay attention to fonts. You just as a human being will innately kind of get a sense that like I'm in one gallery now. And then when I walk over to a world of life or creative world, it's going to have a different font over there. And so it's going to feel like a different thing that yeah. you're walking into. Yeah. We want the, the color choices and the background imagery, if we have any, and the font choices to, to feel like they, um, they 
belong with the, the subject that we're talking about. Um, and it's, th this is where it gets really touchy feely. It's like, you know, fa different fonts and different colors used in different ways are going to elicit different feelings, um, in people. And, you know, and it's just drawing on, you know, what your history the connections you've had out in the world and how you see things being used. Um, so it's, it's not something you can always quantify, but, um, you know, it's looking for what are the fonts that are going to make some, when they, when someone sees it, it's going to make them feel the way I want them to feel or have the sense about the subject matter that we're, we're working on that I want them to have. So I, I know you do a lot more work recently, uh, on, on web development stuff. Um, and when you're, when you're designing the, the science center website, are you kind of going through the same thought process as when you're designing exhibit graphics or are there like other different considerations you have to take into account? Like, cause maybe the screens are smaller. Yeah. Or... You, with the web, you, you have a lot less control over how people view what you are producing. Right. Um, oh, that's right. Cause you're not printing right. it out. It's not you know, a when I do an exhibit thing. panel, I have a panel. I know it's, you know, so many inches by so many inches. This is the real estate I have. It's always going to be that size. It will always be viewable the way that, um, that I, I set it up to be viewable. Uh, and with the web, who knows? I mean, it could be a tiny little phone or a phablet or a tablet or a desktop or a, you know, giant monitor that people are looking at this stuff on. It could be any of those. Um, so, uh, for, for many years now, um, responsive design has been the big thing. So you have to, you're not really designing one website. It's like you're designing an infinite number of web designs, you know, depending on how much some, the, the browser window is open or what device people are on. And and sometimes when we make exhibits, we, we try to blend these worlds together, right? Like sometimes the web might creep literally into the museum. Like we have uh, like iPads in ecosystems, right. right? That help people identify what fish they're looking at or, or yeah. what animal. Um, so then like those two worlds really are kind of overlapping for you. Yeah, then, there's, right? I mean, there's definitely been more and more uh, digital making its way into exhibits themselves uh and uh for better or worse and and uh i think there's i'm i'm very interested myself in the intersection of those spaces and and looking for ways where we can sort of um blend them and and have it create experiences that aren't just a digital experience that you could have as easily at home as you could have if you're coming into a museum right but um, make it something where it's it may be digital and that might help us with some of our communication goals because of the flexibility that digital provides and its ability to react to different things. Uh, but uh, it still has some of that sort of tangible feel that you get um, in a normal ex museum exhibit. Right. Um, do you have a favorite exhibit? You know, maybe at the Science Center, maybe somewhere else. Uh, I am n notoriously bad at picking favorite anythings. Um, uh, I'll, I'll point out one which is not generally thought of as an exhibit, um, but uh, I find just fascinating is in our ecosystems galleries in the LA zone, we have this giant map printed on the floor of Los Angeles. It's a satellite image of Los Angeles. Um, and I'm constantly amazed um, uh, you know, when we open and we'd see people just crawling around the floor looking at stuff on that map. Um, and it, it was a, 
I mean, it's a static graphic. There's, there's nothing moving about it. Right. But, um, but it nonetheless, uh, produced a lot of interactivity and, and people got a lot out of it and saw, you know, oh, here's my house. And I can see how, where that relates to the, where the science center is and where these other things are. So, um, it was, it was interesting. Like, why do you think people are crawling around on the floor to find out where it's, they live? It's fast. We're showing them a, um, a perspective that you don't get to see in life very often. Right. And even today when, you know, everybody's got, uh, Google maps on their phones and on their computers. Right. So, mm -hmm. so they'll see satellite imagery. They've seen that before, but, but nobody's got a monitor that big, right? Nobody's got a screen that big that they can look at the map. Right. So it's being able to, to, to show them this perspective that they've never been able to see in one place and allow them to get really close to it and look at it, you know, and you can see like, oh, there's my house, there's my car parked in front of my house, right, um, down to that level. To me, it's almost an accidental win, right? It was an accidental exhibit. You know, they put it in there because it made sense for the, the LA zone to sort of show LA and, and, and it was a, it's a good atmospheric kind of thing to, to give some context to the gallery. Um, and I don't know that anybody expected it to have that impact on people. Right. Well, Jeremy, thanks for helping me uh, take a little peek behind the scenes here. The stuff that people are always looking at interacting with when they come to the Science Center. They probably had no idea that, that you were a part of the team you know, to kind of make it come about. So thanks for coming well, on the my show. My pleasure. It. Anytime. That's our show. And thanks for listening. Until next time, keep wondering. Ever Wonder from the California Science Center is produced by me, Perry Roth Johnson, along with Jennifer Castillo. Liz Roth Johnson is our editor. Theme music provided by Michael Nicholas and Pond Five. We'll drop new episodes every other Wednesday. If you're a fan of the show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating or review or tell a friend about us. Now, our doors may be closed, but our mission to inspire science learning in everyone continues. We're working hard to provide free educational resources online while maintaining essential operations like on-site animal care and preparing for our reopening to the public. Join our mission by making a gift at californiasciencecenter.org support.